Shirame. Clickety clown! Welcome to Real Rotten. Welcome to episode 7. I know we might have said that last episode was episode 7, but that's just because our producer Kyle informed us wrong. Uh, And we have me, Nick Lyons, here as your host, and my co-host is Mr. Steven Ramirez. How's it going, folks? And we're here to talk about a new movie inspired by uh, the holiday of Hanukkah. Hanukkah, yes. Tis the season. What what is Hanukkah, Stephen? Do you do you know? Uh, according to um, a very reliable source in Bible, Rugrats, yeah, Rugrats. Are exactly. you going to tell me the Rugrats episode because I really need to know? Yeah, it is. It's uh, okay, it's, good. it's the story of um, I believe it was uh, the Jews fighting against uh, you know one of their many many adversaries um, and a group of soldiers. The Russians. Yeah, probably. sure. Yeah, we'll do with the Russians this time. <laughs> so they're holed up in some temple. And apparently they only have the, a certain amount of oil, a certain amount of oil that they can light their torch for before, you know, they, it burns out and they die, I guess. They yeah, starve I mean, we, I'm going to just say that we apologize if this is wrong, but yeah, go ahead. More than likely. Uh, the gist of it is, uh, the oil that they think lasts for only a day, lasts for eight days and they're able to survive like the siege or whatever. And, uh, now for traditional purposes, uh, Jewish, uh, communities and families, uh, light eight candles to commemorate uh, the uh, the eight days that uh, they withheld with that little amount of oil. Since we don't use oil anymore, we just yeah. use regular candles. Well, we're, do- we're doing this episode in honor of Hanukkah, and uh, tonight is the second night of Hanukkah. And uh, I went ahead and found a Jewish person. Nice. It's not an Orthodox Jew. Let me just tell you that. he uh, He is not fully Jew. He is more, I guess you would say, Jewish. He's not a pra- an active participant. Yeah, 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 which is what they, that's why they're called Jewish, because mm. they're not like fully Jew. And I, uh, I did an interview with him. Okay. And before we get into the episode, I just, I just wanted people to get like an idea of what Hanukkah is about. Uh, the, the movie that we're doing is Eight Crazy Nights, and he is a huge fan, despite never having seen the movie. Oh, okay. He, uh, he, he's still really into it. And, uh, so first, before we before we get into the episode, I, I, I want to take some time to for our audience members to like know what this is all about and why we're doing this. All right, sounds good. Hello, Penis. hello. We're here for an exclusive interview with um, the only Jewish person sitting next to me. He's going to give us the the four one one on the two one threes about uh, the eight crazy nights. Eight Crazy Nights is the film we watched this week, and uh, I got an exclusive interview with, yeah, I got an exclusive interview with a guy who uh, loves the movie, won't stop talking about it. His name is Max Schriever. Max, have you seen Eight Crazy Nights? No, I have not. He's been he's been coy, but he has seen it, and uh, I just have a few questions so we he, we can get a better understanding of just what Hanukkah is and who Hanukkah is. So who is Hanukkah? Um, I don't know. I haven't seen Eight Crazy Nights. Okay, Hanukkah in general. Uh, what what happens? What happens on it? Um, we light stuff on fire and get presents. 
So, would you describe Hanukkah as eight crazy nights? No, not really. What makes them not as crazy as the the hilarity that ensues in the Adam Sandler animated production? I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. I'll tell you what happens. It it involves a little hairy guy and Adam Sandler as a cartoon character. Oh, well, that sounds a lot like Hanukkah then. <laughs> yeah, a lot of little hairy guys in Hanukkah. Um, so, a menorah. Do you have a special menorah? Yeah, I got it at Target. Do you light all the candles at once? Uh, no, you light them one at a time like a normal person. You heard it here first. They light it one at a time. And uh, on Hanukkah, so if you had to choose the craziest night of Hanukkah, one through eight, which which night would you say it is? Uh, well, it depends. In odd years, it's usually the second night, and then even years, probably the second night. Okay, and uh, is there a day that you receive the most presents? No. Do you only get one present for every day? It's usually how it works. Would you rather have Christmas where you have a possibility of getting more than eight presents, or would you... Do you like the Hanukkah, the consistency of one through eight? I know that I'm getting one on each day. Uh, I'd rather have both, where you get eight presents every day. Could you describe the story of Hanukkah in one sentence? No, I could not. Could you try? <laughs> yes, I could try. <laughs> okay, here we go. And now it's time for Max's Hanukkah story. It's eight crazy nights. And there you have it. And we're back. What an interesting interview. <laughs> Am I right, Stephen? Yeah, it was it was captivating. I, I was I was shocked. Yeah, by, what was by your his, favorite uh, part about the interview you didn't hear? You know the thing that uh that he talked about that that you know, we it, it feels like it's under uh under it's not talked about enough. And he brought it up quite well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll I'll accept that. Okay. And uh, before we get into the actual episode, really quick, uh, what was the last movie you saw? Last movie I saw. Um, I would say the last movie I saw recently, uh, last Friday, uh, rewatched Rock and Roller. Rock and Roller? Yeah, for like the Guy Ritchie Flick. Guy Ritchie Flick. He went back to his old ways for that one, which yeah, I was he did, uh, very he, happy about. Yeah, I know. It was after, what, the whole swept away yeah. madness and... Uh, I think that, was, that might have even been after the first Sherlock Holmes, was it? Or it was right before the first Sherlock Holmes? I believe it was right before, okay. yeah, because um, I think it was also right after his other movie. I forget, the one about chess... Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and with Jason Statham with long hair, just 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 look it up. Because I will never weird. forget the pencil stabbing in that movie. Yeah, that's the that was the cra- That's always the crazy scene for me. Yeah, it's always that like or the first. Two getting wrecked by a pencil. Man, like, I've never seen anything like that. He is messed up. You don't mess with junkies. Junkies know how to kill. They'll kill you with anything. That's an underrated movie in my opinion. To yeah, be honest. it is. I mean, it's it's not the it's not obviously the, the Guy Ritchie's best film, one of his best films. It's it's still captivating, still an entertaining story. So yeah, rock and roll. That's uh, I'll, I'll, that's always a good movie for me to go back to. What about well, you? I I went and saw a uh, not one but two but three billboards outside of Ebbing, oh, Missouri. How was that? A Martin McDonough flick. The, yeah. The man of in Bruges. In Br- fuck Bruges. Fuck and, Bruges. Uh, that's what fuck, I say. Fuck Bruges. Fuck Bruges. But I have to say, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. With it, it's uh, it's got a uh, it's got awards buzz going. Oh yeah. Going no, around yeah. it uh, with Francis uh, Francis McDormand, Rudy Harrelson. Uh, Sam yeah. Rockwell, I think, just oh Sam Rockwell, yeah, beat the shit out of that movie. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then, and then, and physically, really, um, uh, was it Marty McDonough, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, he's the man. He's he's really yeah, an underappreciated Seven director. Psychopaths was a good movie, but not at this level. I think this this is right on the level of Inverge. Yeah. And I uh, I highly suggest seeing it. I'll definitely have to check that out. It is comes with a real rotten recommendation. Ooh. You know Which, what you know, know that means. They have to pay me for that. At least one beer. At least one. First they have to know about me, and then they have to pay me one beer, and that hardly ever happens. So this was a, this is a special recommendation. Yeah, it's just. And uh, what's one movie you're looking forward to? Movie I'm looking forward to. Can we um, say it at the same time? Okay, one. Count down. Three, two, one. Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars. Okay, yeah, exactly. we agreed. Yeah, yeah, we started at the exact same time, right? I'm excited. I'm excited for uh, Nicholas uh, Wingding Refn, a.k.a. Ryan Johnson, to come through with this uh, directorial debut in the Star Wars, Star Wars universe. Okay, you're going to just put them on the same level? I mean... No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying um, I'm not... Uh, I, I, I always confuse Nicholas Winding Griffin with Ryan Johnson. Yeah, they're both weird. They're they weird both, foreign names. Like if you had looked all their movies before Star Wars, you would be like, is that the same director mm-hmm. every time? I yeah, could I could sense. totally see Ryan Johnson direct only God Forgives, but with less um, less 80s synthesizers. But yeah, I think that this is going to be... I'm going to go out and say this is going to be top three mo- Star Wars movie of all time. I think it's going to be the best. I'll say that. I, I I'll say that for sure. I, I, I said before that it's going to be the best, and I'm just hedging my bets right now. Yeah. I, I'm just taking the, the – what's what's the synonym for pussy, so I don't have to say the word pussy? The wussy way out. Oh, yeah. I'm going to take the wussy way out. And replace okay. the P with the dub. Yeah, there you go. And uh, I I really have some faith in it. Well, it'll for sure be the best. Um, second best movie, obviously, is going to be The Clone Wars. Uh, yeah. And then the third third best movie, episode one. Yeah. Episode one. Episode <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. Now that we're agreed on all that. Yeah. And if you dare to tweet us with any of those different opinions, we will block you. And we will make sure you never tweet it ever again. That's actually not true. We, we appreciate all of our followers, no, uh, big or small. Yeah, you uh, should really follow us not. because yeah. we only have uh, 14 right now. Follow us but on Insta, moving Twitter. on, moving on. Okay. This movie is called Eight Crazy Nights. Eight Crazy Nights. It might be called Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights, depending on which thing you look at. It's mostly um, that because it's it's he he is so egotistical in two thousand two thousand one two thousand two so yeah. he would have his I name used on to know just kidding I don't know you Adam Sandler I am shocked by his uh, his egotisticness uh, this movie was directed by Seth Kearsley sure yeah that guy who's a guy I'm sure probably he uh, he's more known for his art direction on other films it was written by Brooks Arthur Alan Covert Brad Isaacs and Adam Sandler Alan Covert you might notice is a uh, a frequent sandler player oh no uh, alan covert he uh the man from uh <laughs> the man from grandma's boy grandma's boy oh, yeah alan, okay. alan covert the yeah. lead the lead he's always in every he's, he's, he's in every happy madison production best yeah. best friends with adam sandler uh this cast is includes adam sandler rob schneider kevin nealon austin stout look him up and john lovitz good old john lovitz yeah uh some of the plot keywords we have are uh basketball Right. Mm-hmm. Crimi- key. Criminal. Key. Yep. Twin. Major key. <laughs> Maul. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Maul is practically God in this movie. Yeah. And then the one connected to that is also destruction of private property. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. It was the studio was Happy Madison Productions, which is Adam Sandler's company. Uh, the release date was November 27, 2002. PG-13 rating, 76 minutes long. 76 minutes. I'm still amazed by how short this movie is. Like, when I first saw this movie, I was like, oh, this is going to be a nice little hour and a half movie. 
I like read the reviews in the paper when this movie comes out. Runtime, 76 minutes. I do the math in my head. An hour and 16 minutes? I can, I can watch this at home. Like, you know, it's that time. It's, you know, it's, yeah. That's, to give them credit, it felt like an hour and a half. Really did. Yeah. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes rating 12%. 13 fresh ratings, 94 rotten ratings. Oof. But the audience. Audience is split. 49%. Looks uh, like looks the, like the results of the Alabama election with the that budget, audience. The budget for a uh, <laughs> shout out to Doug Jones, Dougie Jones. Dougie Jones. Thank you, Alabama, for not losing all faith in you. So before we get into the movie, <laughs> I want to uh, I want to talk about the blurbs. Yeah. And before we talk about the blurbs, though, okay. I just want to make one little qualification. Is okay. that there might be a voice in the background that you hear occasionally. Yeah. Uh, the one that sounds like this. Hey, you guys are like off time. You need to make sure that you're on time. That's Kyle. Okay. Yeah. So when you hear that voice, that's Kyle. What's... But when you hear a voice, it's like, huh, 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 that's Alex, yeah. our graphic designer, who we will name this episode, even though he doesn't deserve to be named, even though he's letting us use his room for this recording. Oh, yeah, I just, only uh, that. And, and he makes all of the excellent pictures for each episode. Every Every one of them. Every one of them. Yeah. And, uh, but before we get into the movie, I wanted to do the blurbs. So did you have a favorite Rotten Tomatoes blurb? I did have a blurb. Uh, let me pull that up from, uh, from our good friend. I used him last week. I do believe so. Um, are you about to use Roger Moore? It's, it's my good friend, Roger Moore. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. I love Roger Moore. RIP to the actual Roger Moore and not this, not this, uh, jerk face. Oh, are you going to use Roger Can Moore? Can you not read the outline? <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. I have a backup. Oh, no, no, it's I fine. Knew, I knew that you would be attracted to Roger right Moore. Why did I fucking set that up? You're not going to use it. No, I got this one. Once again, it. that is a uh, ignorable voice in the background. <laughs> okay, go with go with your Roger Moore. Card. No, no, no. I got it. No, got no, no. Do the Roger Moore. No, no, no. It's fine. I got... um. <laughs> I got this guy. Cut, cut all that. Not that we're gonna cut all this. Matter. Yeah, it's it's good old. Uh, yeah. What? Keep it in, Kyle. Kyle, keep it in. Go, go, Steven. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Uh, Danny Minton of KBTV, uh, NBC affiliate out of Beaumont, Texas. Uh, I'm gonna do it. Uh, 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 I'm gonna do him justice here with this. His original score is an F. Um, it's obviously a rotten review. His line is, uh, "It didn't warm my heart, but it sure did give me a headache. What a horrible, horrible film." Do you say horrible twice? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. In in print, horrible, horrible is way more effective. Like, because people are just like, oh, he said it twice. Like, that's a There's deal. some serious emphasis behind yeah. that horrible. Okay, then, then I will say the Roger Moore quote you were too scared to say. Hey. And I'm going to say it in the accent of Sean Connery. It's such it's animation back. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say it as a pirate. <laughs> I changed my mind. I'm going to say it as a pirate. It's such animation back 30 years. It's such musicals back 40 years. It's such Judaism back at least 50. That is Roger Moore of RogerMoore.com. I, I do believe that your pirate accent has a speech impediment. It sounded a lot like Sean Gunner, right? It, it really needs to see a linguist, totally, linguistics coach. Totally not on purpose. Okay, what what's your your second one? Second one, I have um, good old Joe Blow uh, from Joe Blow's Movie This is Report. a person though, right? Yeah, Joe okay, Blow cool. from Joe Blow's Movie Joe, Report. Sure. A.K.A. JoeBlow.com. His review is, uh, too childish to be enjoyed by adults and too nasty to be enjoyed by the toddlers. I feel like he needs to be um, interviewed for his previous sexual assaults, Joe Blow. Yeah. That's well, some, his name's Joe Blow. Shit. He should be already on the FBI watch list. Absolutely. Uh, my second one is, got a lot of holiday spirit and a lot of laughs. And you know who wrote that? 
Mr. Richard Roper. Richard Roper? The Richard Roper. He enjoyed this movie? He gave a thumbs up to this movie. Jesus. Which is why I've always thought that guy was a great guy. And now it's time to move into the movie. We're going into Eight Crazy Nights. And as you know, after listening to our latest podcast, we have a new format. Are we going to keep with it this time? Yeah, there it is. This time, the new format's going to for sure work out. Oh, awesome. Cool. All right. And the way we start the new format is with a three-minute recap. Three-minute recap. Not one. Not two. I got you for three minutes. Three minutes later. And I'm going to explain the entire movie of Eight Crazy Nights once Kyle gets the timer ready. Yeah, you ready? Kyle, do you have the timer ready? He's counting down. Yeah, three. Kyle, I don't see a clock anywhere. Go. So Eight Crazy Nights starts out with Adam Sandler as Davey, and Davey is a degenerate. He ate. He drinks three, five scorpion bowls. Doesn't pay for them. Goes out to his car. Tries to drive his car while he's drunk. Gets caught by the cops. Uh, Rob Schneider's character comes out, who is actually an Asian guy. Rob Schneider, you know, known for playing other races, even though he's white. And he says, "Hey, he didn't pay for those." Davey skates away, sings his first song, like gets arrested by the cops, goes to court court happens they say we're gonna lock you up for 10 years and then they try to lock him up for 10 years but then whitey comes out and says hey he's not a bad guy i'll i'll, I'll let him ref courts and even though he like literally caused thousands of dollars of damage <laughs> like let's just ignore that he he got away with it was either t- 10 years or he be's a ref in a basketball league but we'll ignore that so he becomes a ref makes fun of the kid for having boobs they move on he takes whitey home whitey is like the nicest guy he's an old ref in the league he's been doing it for 50 years or something ridiculous and then uh it turns out that whitey's you know is easy to make fun of so adam sandler would make fun of him i mean davy makes fun of him and then davy ends up kind of becoming friends with him over a period of time first he plays basketball with this kid and the kid is the ex-lover that he has from middle school and he plays basketball with the kid and they beat these guys the guy uses the jock strap the guy with the jock strap lights his house on fire he sells the jock strap in his mouth for some reason it well, lights the trailer on fire the trailer goes on fire everything's on fire and then adam sam's like i don't have a place to live so then he moves in with uh whitey and his sister who also has a fucked up foot whitey has a fucked up foot he's got one small foot one big foot and then they all live together for a while and everything goes good and then you see a montage of them like getting together and like being friends and family and adam sounds like i haven't had a family because my parents died which you kind of find out like during the whole process of the thing and then his parents die and so then he gets questioned on it and uh Whitey's like, oh, his parents died that day. And then Adam is like, okay, reverting back to the dick guy that I am. So then he, like, causes a stir and he, like, really, like, messes with people. And then he gets kicked out of town. And then he breaks into the mall. And uh, Eleanor talks – Eleanor, Whitey's sister, talks about how he hasn't cried. And then he goes in the mall and then he gets sung a song by all these logos. And he cries and then he's like, oh, I'm a new person. So then he goes to the – the banquet for the basketball league, which happens to be the biggest banquet in the entire world. And Whitey thinks he's going to win the banquet and he doesn't win the banquet. And then he leaves. But then Absalom comes in and says like, why didn't you guys vote for Whitey? Because Whitey's the best guy in this neighborhood. And then they're all just like, oh, we should have voted for Whitey because he's done all these good things for us. And they all go to the mall and Whitey's at the mall and Whitey's thinking of the mall. And then everybody's like, you win the new prize, Whitey. And they all give him the patch and everybody's like, now's your moment, Whitey. And then him and the girl get together, even though they didn't have a scene together the whole movie. And the end. Brilliant. Brilliant. Hands off to, that's to the, Nick Lyons. That's the three-minute recap. Three minutes 
of Eight Crazy Nights. Three minute recap! And it, and it honestly felt like an hour and a half, just like this movie. Yeah, exactly. And now it's time for everybody's favorite segment. Act it out. Act it out. And for the actor that's seen this movie, we, we uh, by we, I mean me, could not come with a good uh, scene. I mean, I got a perfect monologue for this movie, but that's I mean, just a monologue. I mean, you do have a monologue, but there's only it's only a monologue, and we need some extra characters because exactly. we're bringing in a guest. Yeah. And our guest this week is Mr. Eric Carrillo. Eric Carrillo, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> What's up, guys? Thanks Everybody, for welcome me. Eric Carrillo. Everybody, welcome Eric Carrillo. Eric Carrillo in the house. In the house. Good friend of the show. Good friend in real life. Happy to be here with you guys. It's been great. Happy. And, be, and before we before we get into like why you like this movie, uh, which we know you do, for some reason, we are going to do an acted out scene. And of course. For this scene, uh, we are going to sing the song. That's a technical foul, which is which is in the movie, and uh, Stephen, we playing the the part of Whitey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which, if you haven't seen the movie. First of all, why are you listening? And second of all, he's the little white guy. Yeah, Whitey's the, the if not the secondary character. <laughs> Eleanor yeah. is his uh, his fraternal twin sister. They're, and, yeah, uh, they're not identical, right? Yeah, fraternal, because they're... I mean, they might as well be identical. They look exactly Yeah, it's weird, because they are identical, but he considered... It's my fraternal sister, Eleanor! <laughs> and uh, Eric will be playing the, point, the part of Eleanor. I'm so excited. <laughs> and uh, I'll be playing Davey. We might have music underneath this, but if we don't, deal with it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, here we go. When, whenever you're ready, Stephen. All right. I'll lead this, I'll lead this uh, piece off. All right. A one and a two, two and, and a one. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do the one and two part. And I'm going to say and a three. And, okay. And a one and a two and a three and a four. If you're coming through the street with dirty shoes on your feet, that's a technical foul. If you switch the radio to some lap music show, that's a technical foul. If you don't shut the door after using refrigerator, that's a technical foul. A technical foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit with the bat. No, that's a technical foul. You'll feel my wrath. If your hair clogs the drain, you'll know the meaning of pain. That's a technical foul. I'll show you no mercy. Oh. This is such bullshit. In this house we say bull spit. Oh, it's a technical foul. A technical foul. Let me get this straight. If I don't spray Lysol after moving about, that's a technical foul. Okay, if I wipe my ass with your monogram towel. That's a technical vow. If I make fun of your crazy feeties. Or give sugar cookies to Miss Diabetes. That's not only a technical vow, but possibly a homicide. Can't sleep past three. If you do, you'll get a tea. Take a whiz in these flowers. I'll take you to showers. Use this horn as a bomb. How do you use Tommy Chung? Make some long-distance calls. You'll get a kick in the balls. Oops. Can I walk around with my morning erection? If you want an automatic ejection, because that's a technical foul. I don't like to see it anyway. <laughs> Just kidding. 
There are certain rules which apply in which life witnesses to friends or imaginary wife. I can't believe I haven't killed myself here with Miss Mrs. Wiggs and a furry elf. She's neurotic and he's a troll. They took my wig. Alright, get stuck in this shithole. I remember the look in their eyes. Cause I'll have to deal with your demands. Why, oh why? But please don't touch me with your alien hands. I got no right to prowl. But your search is on into town. Don't listen to her or it's a technical foul. A technical foul. Technical foul. A technical foul. Technical foul. A technical foul. Okay, yeah. I mean, like, really, like, that was. Animal control is coming because there are cats having sex in this apartment, it seems like. I mean, just, just. Just the fact that we tried that is automatically worth five followers. I mean, oh sure, worth. yeah, oh sure. So, so here to I'm gonna introduce the guest properly now. So please welcome Eric Carrillo. He is a uh, what one would call an eight crazy nighter. Yes, but but Eric, why why does this movie why did it resonate with you? Mm. Uh, well, mostly. So this came out like 2002. So you know that was uh, when you and me first became friends and um you're a big adam sandler's fan and i was your only friend so like i just ended up seeing this movie because you had no one else to watch it with yeah i mean like but all, all of that is alleged but, yeah but like factual but, but why did the movie connect with you oh yeah i'm uh, not a huge adam sandler fan because um, after this movie i have to tell the audience like this guy would not not say the words a technical foul yeah like, i think every like, time yeah. anything happened I think saying, yeah, technical foul. And I think I kind of started modeling my life after Davey, you know, like <laughs> there's some things. And then like the youth basketball, because, you know, we used to play youth, yeah, basketball, we play youth basketball. basketball. Oh, wow. And I kind of related to the chubby kid. And I'll get into that story later mm. once we come across that point. I don't like thinking about it, but it was it was pretty rough. Yeah, no. okay. yeah. Well, yeah, let's move on. Uh, so it's time for the segment. Best Another. worst scene. Best worst scene. Oh man, this is always a tough one. Yeah, so uh, we'll start off with Steven. Oh god, best worst scene. Um, so what was your what was the best scene in the movie for you? Okay, so best scene in the movie for me would definitely have to be I mean it's gonna be the worst because, you know, it's this movie. It's all it's all terrible. Yeah. Um Best scene for me would be Um Oh man, uh, when Whitey starts to play basketball, or like when he tries to play basketball, because Just the he has one part of him playing basketball. Yeah, like the like the whole the whole basket the whole like basketball court scene was was amazing. But but that was specific in that this guy has been refereeing for thirty five years, and yeah, he's what four foot two. Yes, he has a club foot. Yes, he has excessive 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 body hair. God knows why. Oh yeah, no like. More body hair than any person has ever had. Like natural ass yeah. hair, like yeah. that. That's like not even in, within the cheeks, like on the cheeks itself. That's yeah. that just even doesn't like exist Bigfoot in real life. Has less body hair. Yeah, than yeah. Than even a baboon has a raw ass. Like <laughs> let's put that. Let's put that in perspective. The guy was wearing mink on his ass. Like, yeah, yeah, whole locker. Yeah. He was wearing merkins on his butt cheeks. Anyways, um, he decides to play some basketball, or he gets put into the game by Adam Sandler to play some basketball. Makes a great. Uh, b- uh, between the legs. Uh, yeah, good play. Pass. Yeah, yeah. 
to himself. <laughs> but and then he decides to shoot it, and then just gets spiked right in the head, um, and then gets uh, concussed. <laughs> That was, that was my favorite scene. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go second because I am going to second that. I've seen this movie a few times, but the scene that has always stuck out to me is the basketball scene. Mm-hmm. Because I it's partly because of the Whitey playing basketball in the beginning part and him just getting spiked in the face and just, like, basically being dead. Yeah. Like, like, there was... <laughs> like, he was lucky to survive that. The ball, the ball went into his face. Like, literally into his face. Like, his, his whole face got pushed back. <laughs> and the ball stayed there. Which is an incredible thing. Even though it's a cartoon. I understand. But at the same time, that is incredible. And then I do love the uh, the pseudo-father-son bonding of mm, yeah. Adam Sandler and the kid. Benjamin. Benjamin. Benjamin and Benny. And, uh... And I, I I loved the cockiness of the red haired like antagonist guy. Yeah. And that the guy he chose on his team was like some ex biker guy that obviously can't play basketball. I don't know why he chose him on his team. But I my favorite thing of the whole of the whole movie even is the jump shot. The Adam Sandler jump shot. You only see it one time the whole movie, but it is Flawless. It looks like it Kevin is, Durant. Oh yeah, animated. Oh, it is definitely Kevin Durant animated. It was Kevin Durant before Kevin Durant was Kevin Durant. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was a flick. It was a flick. Like when people say flick at a wrist, like they're talking about Adam Sandler's jump shot rights. in an animated movie, mm-hmm. which is first we don't have to get into how ripped Adam Sandler was because he's a cartoon and oh, a man, guy that he's, has he's been an alcoholic for roughly 20 years apparently. <laughs> But for some reason, he's still just fit as fuck. And they just dominate dominate the other team. And I uh, I just really appreciate it. Like, he, he had the balls to tell this kid, like, jump off my back and dunk. And it worked. It worked in, like, the, the 30 minutes of preparation, like, 30 seconds of preparation that they had. Like, it was just him, like, okay, I'm going to pass you the ball. You pass me back the ball. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna drive, and I'm gonna dish it back to you, and then I'm gonna crouch on my hands and knees, and you're gonna run, and you're gonna jump off of my back, and I'm going to launch you towards the rim, and you are going to dunk. This is all going to happen the first try, and the kid's like, okay, yeah, yeah, let's do it. So, and then they do it, and it's a dunk, and then that's when Benny's mom falls in love with Adam Sandler again. Yeah, of course. And uh, so they, yeah, that's my favorite scene, Eric. You know, Favorite like, scene. I think I have to choose a new one because you looked the notes like I wrote down the same scene. We all wrote down the basketball scene? <laughs> we all wrote scene? down the basketball scene? We all wrote down the basketball scene? Okay. But uh, mine's for different reasons, though. And I think that's because you guys are speaking about, you know, the actual basketball play by Adam Sandler. Like, literally, as soon as I see the camera cut to Whitey and the lines that he's saying, <laughs> yeah. I wrote down, like, pure gold. Because <laughs> I was laughing my ass off. As a 28-year-old man watching a movie made probably for teenagers. Hey, hey, hey brain damage is quite comedic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, and then also, side note, so you mentioned the whole about Adam Sandler being ripped. So in an interview, Adam Sandler actually said the reason why they did a cartoon is because he's like, I wanted to show like myself as a 19-year-old Adam Sandler because I'm getting old and fat now. And he's like, a 19-year-old Adam Sandler, I quote, is, is a stallion. So that was like, the most hilarious shit ever. But, um, That's great. Yeah, I think it's a key scene in the whole movie. And yeah, absolutely. I think one. you're probably more talking about like the pre side before they start playing basketball too, when Whitey's explaining like the rules of the game, and they're like, "That's not a travel." He's like, "Or, or you know, in pickup games where people call fouls like yeah. themselves." Actually, it's a block of foul because he didn't have his feet down. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, 
Moving yeah, on to the next to. segment. We got uh, who made the movie work and who didn't work in the movie. God damn it. We're going to start off with Eric this time. Uh, so who made the movie work? Uh, I, it had to be Adam Sandler. The guy played, what, three different characters in the whole movie, including Eleanor and Whitey and Davey. Um, so yeah, you have to give but, it to him. But I'm I'm gonna constrict you. I'm as a, I'm a, which role? Hold on. Yeah, well, which, which role, role as Adam Sandler? Sorry, I keep burping. No, because there's so, no, no, such no, stop a talking, cast. Stop talking. We need a cut point. But which role? <laughs> which? <laughs> okay, new cut point. But which character really like was the best character in the movie for you? Uh, Whitey. I'd go with Whitey. Whitey. Yeah, it's, it's hard to go it's against Whitey. Whitey to be honest. Yeah. The guy's just wisdom and just a father figure we all wanted. His, his just like straight optimism was like something to behold the yeah. entire movie. I mean, you have that, you live with that sort of life and you, that role at cards. I feel like that's the only way you can. Or else yeah, you and on top of that, he died a long time ago. He he chose to play. He chose to be a ref for basketball. When obviously he should have been a figure skater this whole time. Yeah. And yeah. He did a full backflip on ice. Like, let's as, talk about that. As a 67 year old man or whatever he is, like, it's just incredible that Whitey was, had that much talent for fucked up feet and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yet on land, he gets so, he gets around so terribly. Like, that's mm-hmm. the, that's the weird part to, to consider is like everywhere else except the ice rink. So that, that needs to be the sequel. It's like Whitey's dream completed. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. competing in senior Whitey. ice capades or something. <laughs> Eight crazy days leading up to the Olympics yeah. is what it'll be. <laughs> and uh, who 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 didn't work? What character was your who was your least favorite character in the movie? Uh, I'm gonna go and I don't know why, but um, Kevin Nealon. I, I don't know why. I just the mayor, you like, weren't a big mayor fan. I just don't think I like Kevin Nealon. And Kevin Nealon, if for some reason you're listening to this, I'm sorry. You're probably a cool dude. Like I heard he liked to golf. We should golf. He sometime. listens all the time, so you should probably oh, apologize. Activism. I'm sorry that I didn't like you in this movie and other Adam Sandler movies. But yeah, sure. you're probably cool. But yeah, okay. didn't do it for me, man. You know. He was good in uh, in Happy Gilmore. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as, uh, Happy's like first partner on the on the tour. Yeah, yeah. Take the shot. Go in it. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. like very descriptive. All thirty seconds. Go to your yeah. home, ball. Go to your home. But yeah, Stephen, you have a you have a different choice for. Uh, who made it? Uh, I have to agree with Whitey. I mean, Whitey's the the reason that this movie yeah, is watchable. We, yeah, we to all be are, honest. we all agree. Who who didn't make it? Then? Who didn't make it? Um, God, Rob Schneider. Uh, Rob Schneider <laughs> as the Asian waitress. Wait, waitress waiter. Rob Schneider as the Asian Asian waiter, but does him as the narrator cancel it out? Because mm. he was a good narrator. I no, because th- th- that's my beef with the narration in this movie. Is I, that, I honestly good? didn't know he was Rob Schneider until I. Oh really? Yeah. The, oh, yeah. the narrator, like he he he's a much normal voice than normal Rob Schneider voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's he definitely over exaggerates when he acts. That's that's probably his biggest flaw. But but as a narrator, like he had. That's more of a technical flaw as the narrator. Like him as Asian waiter, it's like, uh, you're I mean, just being a stupid you mean stereotype. A technical foul. It's a, <laughs> his narration was a technical foul. <laughs> but no, it, it it wasn't that good in the fact that he tried to be um the objective narrator, but then he was like, oh, telling jokes all the way, and then he was like trying to tell the future, but not really. He was like all over the place as a as a you know normal narrator. Like when you're a narrator, you usually pick. Or you, you usually follow a certain like art archetype of what this guy is. Is he reading a book? Is he like telling this story? Is he telling a campfire story? You know, and that that was my uh, that was my technical beef with it. But other than that, he, he's he's a horrible um, 
stereotypical um, Asian voiced uh, guy. And surprisingly, Rob Schneider is Filipino, so he is Asian. But that doesn't negate the wow, fact that I he mean, can't he can't play a, a good Chinese waiter. Wait, it's good that you put that in there. Yeah. People will appreciate that. He's Filipino well, from I, San Francisco. I'm, I'm going to go different from you guys. I'm going to say the best performance in the whole film, The Deer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah The Deer, deer helped make I this mean, movie. honestly, without The Deer, Waddy would have died four times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, even, it was three times in one scene that he would have died. So, first of all, he would have died had they not pushed his car. Because Davy didn't care. He was just going to let him freeze in his car. Yeah. And then the second time was, first of all, Davy is constantly trying to commit homicide. Like, he, yeah. he puts Whitey in a porta potty, pushes him down the hill. And if that doesn't kill him, he's like, okay, I'm going to spray him with a, I'm going to spray him with a hose. And he freezes automatically. And he's frozen there for at least six hours. Like, the sun goes down. The sun. And then the deer come and they, like, lick all the shit off of him. And shit ice. Yeah, the shit ice. And then he lives, and then the deer, like, save him once again, like, during the during the dinner. Partly through, like, Davy, you know, coming back to... Well, he, I think the third Some time he would have died was... would be the E. coli that he would have got if he was stayed covered in shit, but luckily the deer licked it off him. Yes, and then uh, Adam Sandler voiced the deer, too. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. which okay. is... Which is means that Adam Sandler was the superstar of this movie because he was, he was all of our favorite yeah, characters. He, could, he, he, yeah. he couldn't hire anyone else. And, uh, I would have to say that the person that did not work during this movie, the actor that did not work, was everybody's least favorite. The actor, the actress, the mayor, Tom Balthazar. <laughs> Oh, John Lovitz? John of course Lovitz. you're going to hate on John Lovitz. Everybody <laughs> hates John Lovitz. You son of a bitch. John Lovitz I did great. love him patting the mayor on the back with his hook hand. I thought that, that, that was just, scene. yeah, that was just incredible. Can I point uh, that? Does John Lovitz just have, like, really shitty, like, characters in Adam Sandler films? Because in Little oh, Dicky, yeah. he <laughs> wasn't the best. He always gets the worst people. He got people. raped by, like, a bird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he because he's the peeping Tom. Well, he was, uh, he was in the, yeah. We're off topic here. Sorry. It's okay. It was great. <laughs> okay, now it's time for... Best lines. Best lines. What was your favorite line of the movie? I think and you should start. I think us it's off. my turn to start. So to me, the best line of the movie was something that a lot of people would qualify as a throwaway line, but to me, it made me laugh more than any other line in the movie. Is after the basketball scene about the jockstrap stuff, you know, where it, you're like, "What jockstrap are you going to eat?" And it's like that guy's jockstrap. And they look at the the fat guy who's just like sweating all over the place and can't even dribble a basketball. So first of all, like, why is this guy even here trying to dribble a basketball? Because he is fucking terrible at basketball. Hey, he's trying. He's sweating. Yeah, I mean, but he's trying. So that's the important thing. But my favorite thing was the fact that he actually ate the jockstrap. And then while he's eating the jockstrap, the big fat guy sitting next to me says, <laughs> Why are you eating that? Yeah, I was just like, great point. Like, why are you eating that? Like, there's no reason that you had to follow through on this bet. Like, you could have just been like every other douchebag in the world that has made a bet and not followed through on it. But I'm so happy that you are just eating it. And then the guy's jockstrap that you're eating, he's just like, why are you eating that? That was just that was just my favorite. It was a line that just made me laugh so hard. I want to know what the conversation was to get that oh, jockstrap yeah, off yeah, that exactly. bet, man. Yeah, like, it was like the first thought. They didn't even me. go into the locker room. They were just like, he was yeah. just like, hey, man. 
can you take off your jock strap? You and the guy's strap. like, okay. <laughs> and then he takes would, it off and he's like, what are you going to do with it? I would do like, why you need and to. And he just starts eating it. <laughs> and why then, did you eat the dead? Like, it's one thing that he ate it right there, but it's another thing that he ate it while he burned yeah. Davy's trailer to the ground. Yeah. Why? Like, why are you still, still eating this? digesting yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. He's like, oh. Steven, yeah. Steven favorite line. Favorite line, it's, a, it's, it's pretty much a monologue uh, from Whitey. It's the first time... Um, it's the first time Whitey takes Davy into the mall. So Davy asks, "Oh him, yeah, yeah, what's the, good about the mall?" Oh know? god, what's good about the mall? This was gonna be the the acted out, but oh yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, this this is the one. So so I have do most it. of it. I have most of it. I'll try my best to do it in Whitey's wood. So what's good about this place? What's good about it? Everything. You want a pair of socks? You want a pair of socks? My buddy Mister Footlocker will warm your feet. Need a fancy doodad? Hello, shop image. Thanks for the combination, Bogo Stick Clock Radio. I mean, the body shop, the tie rack, GNC, radio shack, pet lamp for a cattle do, Spencer's gifts for us to make dog do, Bar Rose Dunkin' Donuts, this is simply the best. And don't forget the orange chicken at Panda Express. But if you're short off cash like little old me, the window shopping's always free. Yeah, I mean... You can't beat that. And then, and then on top of that, he was just like, "Is that something you prepared, or did you just rhyme that many times in a row by accident?" Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? Um, but but it's another. I, I gotta call this out. What amazes me in every Adam Sandler movie, this one in particular, there is so much goddamn plot product placement in this movie. It is absolutely insane. Like yeah, like Adam Sandler's movies. Go back and rewatch them because you will see every. Like product known to man, like like look at Billy Madison snack packs, like like Happy Gilmore. It was all Subway, like golf sponsors, like all that shit. Uh, th- with this movie, you had calling out Spencer's, calling out all these mall mall shops. Like the the scene in the ice rink, it was it was all about Pepsi, like all that shit. It's it's crazy how like it's so blatant that you see product placement in Adam Sandler movies. But hey, you I know, know that's how he gets these but, movies made. But then part of me was thinking like, oh yeah, he's like utilizing these as like a a form of income yeah but then i read a trivia fact that said like during the song so after after you say your line there we'll get into the one of the later songs but it's gotta say like they they used like the products without permission oh wow like really they just just went for it and i'm like you you didn't hit up these companies beforehand just be like hey pay us for this thing like and we'll put it in yeah he, they didn't care about that. Like that's the one thing about Adam Sandler. He seems like one of those guys that's just like, oh, this would be funny. Even though he could have got paid way more for it. Even though people, and then like after he does it, people are just like, oh, he probably got paid a lot for that because it's Adam Sandler. But, but yeah, but then there's also the the factor of like, it, uh, I feel like he would get sued like more so than get paid for doing that. Like right. I don't feel like Subway would enough. like to be in a movie where like you know he uh, he like beats up on a seventy year old man. You know, <laughs> but that's just me. Anyways, you killed Chubbs. <laughs> Chubbs died. <laughs> I'm playing this tournament for Chubbs. <laughs> no, I'm playing this tournament for Chubbs. Okay, Eric, favorite line. Uh, I almost want to like have Steven read it because it just really, it's a whitey line. Yeah, if it's, it's a whitey line. line if it's a whitey line, then, let's, then let's even go for it. All right. Yeah. Oh yeah. So the be- so the best line. Uh, you, you gotta you gotta set me up here. So, uh, so the best line to me, like going back to what we said, the best scene for me is the basketball scene. The whole reason is because Whitey's cut scenes on the bleachers yeah yeah but uh yeah and this is just some of the things that whitey says while he's just 
totally knocked out, probably dying. So right, yeah. So right when he gets knocked out, Adam Sandler, like I guess it, the, yeah. the running Ab joke Sandler, is Adam Sandler puts his puts hand, his hand down, it's, yeah. puts yeah. his hand down his butt. No, Adam Sandler doesn't put his hand. He puts Whitey's hand. Yeah, down his put arms Whitey's butt. hands yeah. on Whitey's own ass. And so and so one of the lines that he says right when that happens is, "Good kitty, nice kitty." And then later, when they're playing basketball or whatever, it looks like uh, Whitey's hand has reached further, and it's probably in the crack of his ass. The line he then says is, My finger's in your mouth, Gideon. I don't fear no teeth. If I, if I know Eric, I know that that's his favorite line, and I, I understand it. Yeah, I've reenacted that scene a couple of times. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, I'm sure. It works out. Oh, sure. Now it's time for the top five. Really quick, we're doing top five songs, okay? Wait, top five right. songs from the movie? Top five songs from the movie. There are, the best, I thought there were only the five songs in the movie. No, there's eight songs in the movie. Oh, Jesus. Oh. But we're doing the top five. Uh, worst to best or best to worst? Best to worst. Best, best song? Technical yeah. foul. I would agree, technical foul. Yeah, I think... I think... Uh, I wanted to be contrarian and say it was the... Uh, the the emotional song. <laughs> you know, the... Let, the let it out a long time ago yes. let yeah. it out a long time ago Davey. Yeah. but whitey no, made long that time song ago, long, long time ago was the song that I wanted to be my number one song it all seems so long ago young and happy don't you know down by the creek I would show fireflies to that girl but that was back when he was nice before my warm heart to ice my sister's wig once had lies but that was long ago uh worst song i'm gonna say all-star banquet which was what? just a random ass song that like why he sang as like an just it didn't serve any purpose oh, like, oh, oh outside of the mall where he's yeah. like he dressing up in a suit yeah, yeah yeah there's no purpose to that song that whatsoever that that, song. that's yeah. one of the worst songs for sure yeah I won't, I you, I dance with me at the annual All-Star Banquet. Uh, Whitey's song at the end. I hate Good that song. song. Yeah. Really? Wait, the one at the banquet or the one yeah, the, the one at the banquet? Oh, the one at the end end. The one at the end where it's like? Appreciate it. It's your moment, Whitey. The whole like org- I I didn't like that. That just like that killed the movie for me. Like I could see why it got it killed. What? It was at the end. <laughs> Honestly, if it wasn't for that song, this would probably won an Oscar for best animation or something. Oh no, shit. that was a that was a that was a great song. Yeah, you know, what uh, would have outbeat Finding Nemo as best yeah, animation. I like like the rap be- like the Hamilton type beginning like. Have we ever been in this place where Whitey has said he's helped us do this thing, and then everybody's like, "Why are you not here, Whitey?" And then we're all just like. Yeah, I get it. Classic every, every single person was like, yeah, yeah. yeah it's absolutely. like the sing rapping. Yeah. Can I say on a side note, though? The Banquet song that they actually seen where Adam Sandler's like explaining. That's the song we're talking about. Yeah, okay, yeah, no, yeah, I love that song. 
But the okay, whole, you just said you hated I that part. I thought you were talking about the mall part. But okay. at the end where no, they throw the awards okay, at us. Yeah. So you're going to hate on the mall song. Okay, let's yeah. let's just do a quick, couple quick facts about the mall song. Okay, it's the Let It Out Davy song. No, I'm Let talking it about out a different one. Davey. I like that one. No, okay. yeah, at the very, very end yeah. when they throw all when the patches out. That's Catholic part of the same song, isn't it? No, no Let oh. It Out Davy is when Dave breaks into no, the mall. No, I'm saying the hymn at the banquet is the same song as... Them at the mall. No, it's totally different. Two yeah. different, total, two totally different scenes. Two totally different songs, though. Yeah, I, think I so. thought it was just a like a they took a break and then they continued the song later on. Took a break know, for like twenty minutes that. of scene and then redid it. Not even twenty minutes. You've, like you've seen minutes. this movie twice. I feel like you need to rewatch it. Okay. Well, it's <laughs> the song that's like it's your moment, Whitey. Yeah, I didn't like that. One. I mean, that's not really a song. It was just literally that part. It was so like, it was let it it's out. Your so that's it was literally all they said about song. So I would hardly yeah. consider that a song. Okay, okay. Fine. I could have felt like I felt like it could have. Totally... It felt like they were trying to do a song, but they yeah. really just ended up just doing that like one part where they all threw the patches down. I mean, the movie was already running long at seventy six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta cut some shit, guys. Let's but just do a there song. is one song that we have to talk about, and we have to talk about the Let It Out YD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the Let It Out. Let song. It Out Davy. Let I got it out a little Davey. teary. Yeah, Let It Out Davy, because the guests stars in that song is unbelievable yeah it's he wicked. knows adam sandler knows his uh knows his oh arts. yeah no he he made sure that he didn't want any famous people to be in the movie but he wanted them to be in that one song <laughs> so here here are the people that are in that song so we got tyra banks oh wow yeah she's a victoria's yep, secret yep. singer we got uh one of the one of the farley brothers one of the farley brothers farley brothers and then we got uh, Tom Kenny, yeah. who is the voice of SpongeBob. Yeah. Absolutely. And then we got Cole Sprouse and Dylan Sprouse. Hey, Sweet Life, Zach and Cody. Who are Sweet Life, Zach and Cody. We got the Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers as the, the GNC, GNC guy. guy. And then we had uh, we had one more. Carl Weathers might get sued for sexual harassment by Tyra Banks. And we had song. Ellen Albertini Dow. Okay, she was the least famous of all of them, but I decided to throw her in there anyway. Yeah, sure. But still, at the same time, we had we had Tyra, Tom Kenny, Colin Dylan Spross, and Carl Weathers, who were only in this movie for maybe thirty seconds. You mm-hmm. forgot the biggest one though, Peter Dante. Peter Dante. Peter You're Dante. Right. We did have Peter Dante, who, who, if you've seen Strange Wilderness, like, fuck <laughs> you, you fucking shock. <laughs> but yeah, Peter Dante. Another Adam Sandler player, as they all say. Mm. But uh, are you amazed that they got those people for just that one song? Uh, I'm not too surprised. I don't think Carl Weathers was doing a whole lot at, at this time. Uh, Tyra Banks was just about to get uh, America's Next Top Model popping off. Cole and Dylan Sprouse were still high off that. Off that Big yeah, Daddy money. Big Daddy, yeah. This is pre Zach Cody. Pre Zach Cody, post Big Daddy. Yeah, they're trying to get a little, little more uh, juice, uh, juice out of that lemon. I feel like. I feel like he really just like Adam Sandler's like calling people like, "Hey, I got thirty-four million dollars. Yeah, I want it. You guys want to make <laughs> some money? Like, buy what a day's worth of work for yeah. like sixty-six thousand dollars. But I'm really surprised with Carl Weathers like his lines in this whole. That guy, yeah. that guy was hitting on Tyra Banks. It was very hard. creepy. He was, he was. He was creepy GNC. Bro. And now we're moving on to the game section of the night. Get, get games. Time for the games. Want to play a game? Game team. The first game we're going to play is same title, different movie. This is where we come up with a different movie using the same title. Yeah. And the uh, title of the movie is Eight Crazy Nights. 
What's the time on that? We got a minute? We got up? one minute for a pitch. All right. Time. So, yeah, so, Steven. So, oh, oh, okay. So I thought guess first, but all right. No, no, no. We're going to give the guess a little bit. tell you. Uh, all right. So uh, we, we open up uh, in a world uh, full of darkness. It's a cold, cold planet. Like, think Pluto. But the sun never shows. All of a sudden, the sun shows. And then the ice starts to melt and now we have an aquatic planet then creatures start to come from that ice but not all these creatures are um, are capable of swimming so they'd rather fly so we have flying and swimming creatures and they haven't seen each other in half a millennia they decide how much time is this to end this battle 15 seconds this is the most epic battles between these celestial, out-of-this-world creature factions known to man. And the battle commences over eight crazy nights. Thank God you brought up the actual title at some oh point during that movie. Because that was just, what the, what the fuck is he talking about? Was that the fucking storyboard to Heavy Metal? <laughs> yeah. The cartoon? Oh, that's a good the sequel. Hey, good, good, call back there. good call back there, Eric. Right, here we go. Imagine, right track for sure. imagine Uh-oh. you're like in a cabin, like a door. You're viewing a cabin. You got the cabin. It's red door. Zooming in on the cabin, just zooms in. Then like some cut to black words, like festive words, like Christmas story lettering pops up. Like, have you ever felt like they just didn't understand? And then next cabin door, can then you hear voices outside. Then keep zooming. Then your friends don't really know where you're from. Then zooms in. Then zooms in, because you're Jewish and you just want to show them boom door goes open and who comes through the door like seth rogan james basically the cast from this is that so i'm pretty much going with it's gonna be like this is the end just like i could say the f word right yeah oh this is the end just butt fucked krumpus remember when that crazy show i just watched krumpus yeah imagine if that was just all into one movie Plus cabin in the woods. Yeah, but where's where's like the Jewish part of all that? <laughs> well, because I'm gonna tell you guys. Okay. Instead yeah. of the Krumpus part, it's like a Jewish monster. And to all Jewish religions, I'm not being hateful. But eight crazy nights. <laughs> How will you survive? <laughs> and it's like shit like that. James, and if you're listening, he's out, out of time. <laughs> he's out of time. Okay. Well. All right. Good. Good story. Good Glad story. you guys had a low bar for me. All right. <laughs> You've heard of the Knights of the Round Table. You've heard of the last night in Transformers. But you haven't thought about the eight crazy nights. And I'm talking about Sir Fucks a lot. Sir Snorts a lot. Sir Does a lot. Sir, I'm really subconscious about my body a lot. Etc. These are eight nights that are just odd. And they are coming to save the world. And you know what the, the difference is? It's Hanukkah, and they only have eight days to do it, and they're going to, okay? These aren't Christian nights. These are Hanukkah nights, and they have been brought to the future for one reason and one reason only, to save Hanukkah for all Jewish people in the entire world, and they're going to do it. It's all of the craziest eight nights that you could ever think of, and they're going to do it in eight crazy nights. Night one, they're going to fuck shit up. Night eight, they're going to solve shit. And in between, you're going to have to tune in to find out.
I feel like this movie was made just based on the title alone. <laughs> like, let's just make a movie around the title, Eight Crazy Nights. Oh, it's like that, like that wasn't the game, Steven, to begin with? I mean, it's called same title, different I, movie. You you said the title like 13 times during your description yeah, of the movie. Yeah, because I'm trying, to, I'm trying to make sure that people understand that I'm actually talking about the movie and not talking about underwater people fighting, fighting overwater people and... And not making any fucking sense at all, That's which is what point. your plot was. That's the whole point, because it's an entirely different movie, and it takes place over Eight Crazy Nights. <laughs> but we didn't even know your your plot was Eight Crazy Nights until it was actually fucking exactly, the end. It's insane. We didn't know until the last five seconds of your pitch. Like <laughs> it's the same title, different movie. I mean, movie. it could have been any time period at all. You literally just made it Eight Crazy Nights just to fit in the thing. Okay. <laughs> I'm not bitter about it. Not a big deal. <laughs> I think we all know who won there, Kyle, right? Okay, yeah, the audience Eric, can vote in Eric, on the webs on the Twitter Eric, machine. Eric won. Three words. Craig Robinson dressed as Hasidic Jew. Yeah, once we figure out how to use Where? Twitter. It's like six words. Once but we all figure right. out how to use Twitter, you're definitely gonna be involved in this process. You can tweet okay? twats at us. But for now we have game number two, which is just between Eric and Steven. Ooh, they ooh. do not know about this game. I didn't. It is called the Adam Sand Debate. I'm going to name a type of Sandler, and I'm going to name two movies, and then you guys have to chime in which Sandler you're going to defend for that movie. So, for example, I'm going to say Angry Saddam Sandler, and I'm going to say the movies Happy Gilmore and Waterboy. Happy Gilmore. Okay. So, that would mean Eric is Waterboy, so then... Steven would have to defend Happy Gilmore of why he's the better angry Sandler. Oh, okay. And you have 30 seconds to explain why he's better angry Sandler. Then Eric would have 30 seconds to explain why Waterboy is the better angry Sandler. Mm -hmm. And then you'd have 10 second rebuttals on either end after that. I only need five seconds. Okay. So let's just do a practice. Okay, so Steven, explain Happy Gilmore 30 seconds. I'll do the timer on this, Kyle, because I know you're just incapable. Pretty much. Of keeping track of this. Okay, starting now. So, Happy Gilmore is is tremendous, is leaps and bounds the better, angrier uh, Sandler, just based on the fact that he's a natural angry person, unlike Bobby Boucher, who, who pents up his anger. Happy Gilmore knows how to vent his anger, and he does it very well. Uh, he does it through his sports. That's how he becomes a proficient athlete, uh, just like Bobby Boucher. But he does it to an umpteenth degree where it doesn't hold him back. Like, he just lets go all the time instead of, you know, uh, when he needs to. Okay. Okay. Eric, why is Waterboy a better angry Sandler? So, Sorry, I, no. So, I think Stephen did a good job. I think he explained why Bobby Boucher is better. Because Bobby Boucher is like an atomic bomb. Because all that is so just you know just kindred up in there and like man he sent his professor to the hospital because he charged him out of a freaking window to say the least so i think the fact that it's just one big momentum of just anger all coiled up and he just loses his shit and drops a whole can of whoop ass case of whoop ass why he's better guess if you have five ten seconds to respond to that go um I would have to say that um, Happy Gilmore had way more financial success than Bobby Boucher because Bobby Boucher was an amateur player, college football player. Time. And go. That just proves the point. The reason why Bobby Boucher is so much more angrier because he doesn't have that financial success. (laughs) 
Okay, yeah, that was a great practice run. Oh, I'm not gonna say who won that. Yeah. Damn. It's I mean, only a practice run because I I made six rounds and uh, I don't want to have to make a tiebreaker this time. Because uh, last time I had to make up a tiebreaker and it did not go well. So okay, so here we go. Rounds? So now it's time to go. Long comp Sandler. I got one in mind. And well, the two, two choices. <laughs> and the two choices are. You have to wait till they finish the last name. Wait, how do you do? You like, have to like whoever chimes in first gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. After I finish the second name, so you can't yeah. chime in beforehand. Fifty Jeff. first dates and Mr. Deeds. Fifty first dates. Okay, Stevens rocking Mr. Deeds. Great. We're gonna start off with Eric because he yeah. chimed in first. Eric, you have thirty seconds to defend fifty first dates. Here we go. In three, two, one. Boom. Romantic because he has to make the same girl fall in love with him every single day. It's outrageous. And then comedy, Rob Schneider. Because it's just like, the smell of fish makes me super horny. And boom. Mic drop. Next one. He only used 15 <laughs> seconds of his time. Let's all be aware of that. Okay. And Steven, why is Mr. Deeds... I feel like the best rom com sandler. Go. I feel like um, Mr. Deeds is a quintessential example of organic love. Um, he wasn't really on the search for love. He was he was more of a guy that just happened to fall on upon a bunch of money. He could have banged every hooker in New York if he wanted to seventeen times over, but he decided to just live his life and wanted to get rid of it and not deal with that drama. Um, and eventually, it made Winona Ryder fall in love with him. Go figure. Okay, Eric, you have ten seconds to respond, and go. Drew Barrymore over Winona Ryder because Winona Ryder shoplifts, and the smell of fish make me super horny. <laughs> and Stephen, Stephen, you have ten, you you have ten <laughs> seconds to respond to that. Here we go, and go. Um, I mean, I mean, Mr. Deeds is is an ultimate nice guy. <coughs> Restart it. <laughs> Out of time, Steven. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry that your allergies took over. Oh, great. Uh, we're going to have to choose a winner for that section. <coughs> Fuck and, that. Uh, Give me another 10. No, 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 no. That's horseshit. This, the is, winner, not, this is not compelling. This the is winner, not compelling. I'm going to make this not compelling for the well, podcast. Wait till, wait till my judgment. As the judge, I'm going to choose Mr. Deeds because what? I... Because all you ever said was, <laughs> fish Dude, makes fish, me horny. Fish smells make me super horny. That was the biggest horny. line of the whole yeah, movie. Yeah, but that had nothing to do with like the argument of why <laughs> that was the better rom-com. That, that, was the, that was the calm and the rom-com <laughs> argument. Mm. Okay, next category. We got Stephen F1. <laughs> we got uh, Depressed Adam Sandler. And the movies are Punch Drunk Glove and The Wedding Singer. Wedding Singer. Punch Drunk Glove. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Okay, we're going to start with Steven this time. So, okay, Steven, sure. you have 30 seconds. Punch Drunk Love and go. So, it, I mean, it's really one of the only, the very few movies that we see a depressed Adam Sandler. And, I mean, we do have um, a hidden gem in Rain Over Me, but that's not part of the debate. So, um, Punch Drunk Love is a great depressed Adam Sandler because, I mean, you give you keep giving me these natural ones. He, it was a natural sort of depression for him because it was immediately after a breakup. He um, had uncontrollable rage, too, to go along with this depression. Which is common in people who are depressed because they don't know how to vent their uh, frustrations or sadness. Okay, that's good. Okay, Eric, wedding singer, go. 
Um, definitely wedding singer. Uh, the reason why is because Adam Sandler spent so many years with this woman that he wanted to make his wife. He changed his whole lifestyle from going be uh, trying to become a rock god to a wedding singer making minimal money for doing these, you know, whatever he's singing at. And then she leaves him at the altar, at, at the altar for this wedding. And next thing you know, he is like in a dumpster crying because his love of his life's no longer there anymore. And he has to try to find love, which with that supporting cast, I don't know how he could. Okay, Stephen response. Why is Wedding Singer a worse depressing movie? Go. Uh, Wedding Singer has a happy ending, and I don't really think Punch Drunk Love has the happiest of endings. And plus, it's like 80% sad and maybe 20% happy. And your response to Stephen, starting now. God, that's so cool. Uh, the guy is just crying in a dumpster, and... Billy Idol's in the movie, so that's pretty depressing because his career didn't end too well. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where else to go with that. I'm pretty you know, sure he's still touring. <laughs> either way, I, I'm going to give that one to Eric for the wedding singer. Uh, you can't really defend Punch Drunk yeah, Love. Yeah, that's I mean, Punch Drunk Love is a fantastic movie. We can all agree on that, right? Yeah. Debatable. You I've don't like Punch Drunk Love? That's all right. Oh, I, I saw it. It was fun. great. <laughs> okay. We gotta go through these quickly. Okay, so Adam and the kids. Oh. Big Daddy versus Billy Madison. Billy Madison! Take Big Daddy. Eric is going Big Daddy. We're gonna start with Eric. Okay, defend Big Daddy. 30 seconds, go. Uh, so Big Daddy for Adam and kids movie is just because he literally is like, hey, you're a dad now. And it really shows how he evolved from being just some guy living off this whole lawsuit win that he got from a taxi driver running over his foot. To actually become an adult who wants to be a dad, which later expresses and shows him becoming a responsible person who starts his own family at the end of the movie. Okay, Steven. Uh, Billy Madison is uh, is the better um, Adam Sandler movie interacting with kids strictly on the fact that um, he gets along with every one of the kids up until high school. Like he it, he transcends age, and I think that says a lot about Adam Sandler, not only as a character in this movie, but as a filmmaker. He has transcended age since the since the dawn of his career. He's uh, funny with twenty year olds. He's funny with thirty year olds, forty year olds, ten year olds, six, seven, eight, nine year olds. Um, yeah, he it's the better kids movie. Okay, Eric, ten seconds to rebuttal. Still say Adam Sandler takes the biggest step of becoming that father figure, and then also to disagree with Esteban. You know, the Doyle's like time. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, really tough. Steven, ten seconds, go. Um, in Big Daddy, there's maybe like five kids in this movie. In in Billy Madison, there's like sixty. So it's 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 a numbers game. There's more kids in Billy Madison than Big Daddy. Time. Okay, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna give that one to Steven. Oh yeah, damn it! I think that Eric, you had a chance at that. But, Strength uh, in numbers. You just really blew it. You just really <laughs> just, just blew it. Well, it's, okay. Like Ten seconds have been quick. <laughs> and now the next category is cultural appropriation, Sandler. Ooh. Okay, the two movies are Ridiculous Six and Don't Mess with Zohan. Don't mess with Zohan. You define cultural appropriation. Cultural appropriation is acting like a race you are not. A race that you are not. Okay, we're starting off with Stephen. Here we go. And go. So even though Adam Sandler um, is is Jewish, is a Jew, um, he plays an Israeli Jew in the Zohan. So so it's it seems like a bit more of a 
of a terrible reach for him to do that like horrible accent and have all these weird cultures of uh, uh, I, I've never I never like interacted with a, uh, an Israeli man who who always wants to have sex with older women so that's another weird stereotype that I didn't know existed okay time yeah I don't know why you explained all that stuff okay but Eric you're up you have the movie ridiculous six <laughs> go uh, so that movie I think is uh, represents because Adam Sandler tries to portray a Native American which it's like the poorest. The only reason why he's portraying Native American in the movie is because he's wearing a, a shirt that looks like it was made by Native Americans. And then his name is Native American. I think it's a, just a huge slap in the face. Not to mention the rest of the, cla- the cast, including Rob Schneider, trying to portray a Mexican, which was not his best portrayal of another ethnicity. That can be a different conversation. But yeah, it was kind of a slap in the face to ethnicity in general. Okay. <laughs> Steven, you have 10 seconds to rebuttal why your cultural appropriation movie is it's not i'm not arguing that it's the better yeah, movie now i'm wondering why yeah now i'm wondering this about is, the i think it's the better guy. example what's, what's the better example, example of, of cultural appropriation yeah, okay, i feel like so that's the question yeah, that's so what i answer. Answer i yeah i, I, I starting now um god zohan's just bad because uh you also have rob if we're bringing up rob schneider in, in the, as the x factor him as a palestinian is like horrendous it's horrendous Done. <laughs> okay you have 10 seconds Eric on that same argument Taylor Lautner as a special person kind of makes sense fuck um, Terry Crews is a black guy <laughs> not buying it <laughs> okay well I'm pretty sure you had this whole thing won until that last <laughs> that last sentence that you said oh my god just give it to him <laughs> but, but at the same time I do understand what you're saying in that Rob Schneider, your your opening argument was very strong versus Steven's opening argument, which was, you know, not very strong. <laughs> Steven came back hard with a rebuttal. And aside from your last fact, because you literally said a fact that Terry Crews is black, we're going to give you the point. Sweet. Now it's two to two. We're going into the final round. Final round. The Should final round the of the Adam Sand debate. Sand debate. <laughs> Post-truck we got the best grown-up movies, one or two. Shit. I've never seen either one of them. <laughs> oh, God. This is gonna I'll be take grown-ups one. How about that? Damn. Eric, you missed your chance. <laughs> okay. Oh, I the clock. Wait, which one has with, Shaq in it? We're starting off with Steven. I have no idea. <laughs> Shaq is in one of those movies is beyond me. Here we go, Steven. You ready? Yeah. This is going to be interesting. Both of you are arguing movies you've never seen before. Wait, what are we arguing about again? Wait, grown Ups 1 versus Grown Ups 2, which is the better Grown Ups movie. Which is the better Grown Ups movie? <laughs> 1 or 2. This is a really hard argument. <laughs> Here we go. Steven, go. I feel like Grown Ups 1 is the first in the franchise. It, it's the it's the cornerstone for how Grown Ups will, will eventually evolve. Because I'm still waiting on a Grown Ups 3. But Grown Ups 1 has the full cast. You have uh, Kevin James. You have David Spade. Um... Chris Rock and Adam Sandler. I think in the in the second movie you lose one of them, right? I believe so. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's just a great all around uh, romp. Selma Hayek's hot as fuck, and I said it. Eric, why is Grownups Two better? And go. I'd say Grownups Two is better because Adam Sandler takes it back to more of his hometown vibe. He kind of like tries to explain where he came from. Also, you extend the cast because you're adding Peter Dante, you're adding Shaq. 
you're adding Nick Swarson, right? That little weird white, well, not little weird white dude, but yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, the storyline is way more crazier. Plus, you got Jimmy Tatro, and he actually made a whole point to add a bunch of YouTube stars to that cast, which I thought that was awesome. Why it's a better movie. Isn't okay. Taylor Lautner in that one? That's yeah, number two. You're already... You just helped him out, yeah. yeah. But here we go. Steven, 10 seconds of rebuttal, starting now. Um, I don't know who half those people you named are besides Shaquille O'Neal so that movie is irrelevant because I feel like it's for the YouTube crowd and no one watches YouTube on the regular (laughs) (laughs) okay Eric 10 seconds to respond go uh yeah um all those YouTube stars are on Netflix so everyone sees them now and plus I'm behind toy shows more boobies and grown ups too wrong mic drop you're wrong (laughs) time okay I'm gonna have to go to uh I, I found both of those arguments very, very mediocre, and I thought they were As both so mediocre that I couldn't decide good. how good they were. So right now I'm at a tie, so I'm going to have to go to uh, the producer. Impartial. Tiebreaker. I'm going to have to go with Steven on that one. All right. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 nice, nice move. So you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Steven is the winner of the game. Woo! You son of a bitch. Uh, Eric, though, thanks for coming. We really appreciate yeah, you being cool. on. We're going to finish off the show with our, our usual, uh, we're going to each write, say our blurbs. Mm-hmm. We all came up with original Rotten Tomatoes blurbs. We did. And uh, we're going to start off with uh, Steve, if he's ready. I don't know who that is, but uh, I'm ready. Um... My blurb for this movie is, um, if you gave an eight-year-old $30 million, his own art animation studio, and his journal from when he was six year old, six years old, to write a movie, you'd probably end up with Eight Crazy Nights. Eric. <laughs> um, yeah, so this movie meant a lot to me, so these words are just so beautiful. A Crazy Nights is a family fun-filled catastrophe fueled by the American dream. This Academy Award-winning snub brings the room together by bridging the religious differences of modern religion and their celebrations. A heart-stopping, all-around family fun film for the ages. For all time. That was beautiful. Yeah, Yeah, I love it. Mine is, uh, if I was on meth for eight nights and I watched this movie... I would say I loved it. And that's it. Okay. All right. Good Good well, line. Good line. Eric, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Eric. Uh, thank you, guys. Yeah, thank we you. appreciate you making it all the way out there and uh, humoring us. That hard 30-minute drive. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Stephen, good to have Nick. you as always. My lady. My lady. And uh, tune in. There's a, there's a couple things I want to say before we go. I sure. want to say that our, uh, we have a new theme song. All right. For the yeah. past two episodes, it was uh, it was done by our friend Jeeve, who uh, used to record our podcast. And if you've noticed the drop off in production quality, it's because Jeeve ditched us. Yeah, and uh, just blame Kyle. I want to I, I do want to mention that we have new graphics coming out every week with our with each podcast, and that is all done by the man that is housing us right now. I think his name is Nico Kalajakis. Yeah, Nico. And, uh, <laughs> Oh, it's his, it's Nico's brother. My fault. Hmm. Alex Kalajakis. It's like and, uh, Steven and Alex fault. And we uh, we really appreciate we really appreciate his time and uh, his effort and yeah sure and his 
Like he he plays a small role, but he actually helps out more than uh, more than. And we're gonna thank Kyle. Kyle. Mm-hmm. We'll thank Kyle too. Kyle Kyle is now producing seven percent of the show, everybody. So let's all let's all give a big round of applause. Yeah, seven percent steak. And uh, once again, thanks, Eric. And uh, as we always say, stay real, <laughs> stay rotten. Yeah, we're we out. got really 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 gotta work on that.